0: Okay, good morning, everybody. Hope everybody's well. Happy Friday. Happy last day of Hanukkah. This is uh, one of the most hidden, holiest days of the year. The eighth day of Hanukkah is the day of miracles. I'm going to do something a little unconventional today. We've been quoting Mihai in his book, Flow, his research, on immersive experiences. We've been trying to connect the dots to our lives. And once we put these dots together, really the game changes because we're free to be fully here. When you're fully here, you get to do things that other people can't do. So it just so happens to be. Now this happens all the time, to be honest with you, if we're paying attention to it. You know, one of the great, one of the great aspects of the Hanukkah story is the miracle of the oil. And One of the great questions that have been asked by a famous rabbi named the Beit Yosef is, is, wait a second, if we're celebrating the miracle of Hanukkah, the first night when they lit the candle, that wasn't really a miracle, right? That's what happens when you put oil into cups and you light the wick, right? That's Day one was normal. So if you're celebrating the miracle, then just do seven days, which because this day two, the miracle began. You're like, whoa, I can't believe it's still going. And his answer was that even lighting oil is a miracle. Just because it's predictable and frequent doesn't make things less miraculous. We tend to think of life as miraculous when it happens once or beyond our comprehension. And as soon as it happens again and again and again, it stops being miraculous. Childbirth is not miraculous anymore because we can predict it. No, it's actually miraculous. We're living in a time where we are grappling with what happens if our bodies can't defend against a little tiny invisible bug. It's miraculous that it can against thousands of other bugs. Things are miraculous and it's all around us all the time. We just don't appreciate them because we can predict them or they're frequent. And so really the last day of Hanukkah is a day in which we appreciate the things that are in our lives that seem natural, but are really miraculous. Now, it just so happens to be, we have our own little miracle here because we've been talking about immersion. And what we're up to in this process is actually this week's Torah portion. So I want that. Usually we keep the Torah pieces for the timeless lessons. but Because the character that I'm speaking about has a Broadway show after him, I figure that he's already part of regular culture and society. So this applies to everyone who's watching, regardless of your denomination or affiliation or religion, wherever you are. This isn't a Jewish thing. This is a spiritual thing and this character i'm bringing up to prove the point that we've been trying to hit at with regards to immersion so if you remember where we are which hopefully we'll close is this idea that the way we get to doing in the real way is when we're all wherever we are very good deb it's exactly where we are The minute my brain gets lost and goes left or right, front or back, future, past, the minute I'm in that world, I'm out. Maybe we can talk next week about the idea of active listening, which is a skill that is the most part gone. We don't listen to listen. We listen to respond. The idea of listening to somebody. The idea of being fully present in the conversation is unique to us. And so what we've been trying to understand together this past week was, why is that so? And a lot of it is because our purpose isn't strong enough. So the borders aren't up. A lot of it is because we don't recognize how powerful it is to delve deep into the ocean allow our brain to create nuances as neuroplastic connections. A lot of it comes down to just our lack of appreciation about just how important it is to be deeply involved in the things that we're doing. But there's one more piece which we alluded to. It's the story of Joseph. If you remember Joseph, even if you don't remember him, I'll tell you about him. Joseph is one of the greatest characters in the entire Torah. Joseph rose to being maybe the most powerful man of his era. He was in control of the world's food, which is really important. And as Jews, we know that. Remember, the entire world then centered around Egypt. Egypt was the epicenter of civilization. Egypt and its surrounding areas was going through a massive famine. People were dying. People were starving. Joseph was the one that showed up seven years earlier with the idea to store food during times of plenty. And Joseph basically was the conduit to sustain the world. I want you to look at what's going on right now with the vaccines, Right? We've got three or four companies vying for it. Imagine as if it was one person, not a team of scientists, one person's idea to develop a vaccine. And as soon as this virus hit, it was him or her that was the single focus of everybody's health. Can you imagine that person? That was Joseph. And he wasn't even 40. He started, he started taking on this idea. He became the, the number two man in Egypt at 30. At 30. He was already running the world by 40. That's incredible success for one individual. And he didn't go to business school. He didn't go to school. He would have failed every time. I mean, I don't know if he would have failed it, but he's no, no formal background. In fact, you know what he did before this? If you remember the story of Joseph, he was a slave for a year and then he spent 12 years in prison. How's that for a background to take over the world? But if you look at Joseph's story, you find something amazing. His story begins with such incredible challenge. He's eight years old and his mom passes away, Rachel, alone. No other real brothers because only she passed away in childbirth. He had one brother. He had stepbrothers, but, or half brothers, but he was alone. At 17, his father sent him to go look for his brothers and they took him and they sold him. Can you imagine? Walking to your own family and they put you in a pit, pick you up and sell you basically to death. Then send them away to a boarding school. Then send them away to camp, kicking and screaming on the bus. They put them on the slave trade and send them to Egypt. His own family. He gets into the house of a man named Potiphar. Himself to the best that he can, and Potiphar's wife was after him. He's seventeen. He's alone. He's surviving, and he still does the right thing. You know what he gets for that? You know what he gets from God for resisting the temptations of his boss's wife? He gets jail, and he gets put into prison for ten years. And then one day he encounters the butler and the baker who have been in jail because they, were both, they both committed a crime. And he interprets their dreams, which was insane. And he says, remember me. And do they? No. Two more years. Prison. Now, he's not out in the middle of like wherever in a beautiful compound, right? He's in an Egyptian prison in antiquity. I don't know. It's probably like a hole in the wall. At 30 years old, Pharaoh's got a dream that he can't interpret. Nobody can. The butler remembers Joseph. Joseph shows up. And the rest is history. Now I'm going to give you a little secret. This is why I'm telling the story. Because it happens every year. I get so inspired and it's this weekend. It just so happens to be that this story is just when we're in the middle of immersion. It just so happens that this story in this week's Torah portion is connected to the last night of Hanukkah and connected to exactly what we've been talking about. This would be the topic of conversation regardless. It just so happens to be it's what the Jewish people are reading this weekend. you look closely into the words of the story, there is the secret to Joseph's success. When Joseph comes down to Potiphar's house, the verse says that he became very successful, and God was with him. And the commentators say, "What does it mean that God was with him? Of course, God was with him. Why does he have to say it for?" And the answer that God was on his lips, meaning. When he woke up in the morning, he was thanking God for everything that happened. He would pray that the cup of tea was right and thank him when it was. He would pray that the, 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 the bathrooms that he was cleaning would work out and thank God when it did. He would constantly be in conversation with the divine in the smallest way and draw joy everything that he's doing and God saw that he was so he let God run the world he didn't have any big questions he didn't overthink why me his mom passes away his brothers sell him he leaves his family he's done everything right and he gets to be a slave he focused on where he was he prayed before he thanked God afterwards and God saw that and made him more and more successful. Now, if you look at Joseph's story and go, how do you go from being some kid in the middle of Israel to being the head of the entire world? The answer is you get sold by your brothers. You get brought down to Egypt. You get put in a position where you already were the number one man in one of the greatest estates in Egypt. You get sent into jail. You meet the butler. Then Pharaoh's, that's, that's how he got. He, he, but for any of those things, he never would have got to the top. So when it's over and he's sitting on the throne at 40, he's like, oh, that's why I got sent down. Oh, that's why I ended up in jail. Oh, that's how it all connected. And so it's easy to do that, to turn around and go, wow, oh, that's why I met that person. Oh, that, even if you don't get it, even if you get it at 120, even if you get it at the next life, when you look back and start connecting dots, like, oh, okay, okay, makes sense now. But when you're going through it, when you're going through something and you can't make any connections, Our inclination is to be like, why me? Why now? What's going to be? Is it going to work out? And Joseph was the man that said, I am where I am. I can't predict the next step. Let me just make this step amazing. And everywhere he went, that's why he was him. And if you go through the story, it's the most powerful story, I think. Woke up in the morning after his mom passed away and just tried, made the best of it. He became Jacob's number two got a special technicolor dream coat. Remember the story? Remember the show. Went to see his brothers, went down the slave trade after getting sold, woke up the next went, make the best of it. Get stuck in jail and make the best of it. Became the number two guy in jail. That's how he got in front of the butler and the baker. Every step of Joseph's life was the same perspective. I am where I am. Let me pray the thing in front of me is going to go well. Let me thank when the thing in front of me goes well. If I fail, I got the next moment. If I succeed, and if I live my life, yeah, of course I can think about the future. Of course I can have analytical moves. Of course I got a plan. But so much of our lives are going to come at us without us realizing it so much of our lives are going to come without us appreciating it because it's going to come out of left field and so much of our success is going to come based on our ability to allow ourselves to be dropped into circumstances and really be the best at what's in front of us and a friend of mine who is a an, uh, an officer in the Israeli army told me once Life is being a paratrooper, not being a tank commander. Yeah, that? Tanks take big things and they, they go forward. Paratroopers have to jump into scenarios. There are times where we're tanks. We just plow forward. Go to a semester, put your head down, wake up, and the semester's over. But there are times in life where we're paratroopers where something comes our way that we didn't expect. And we got to get our grounding and be the best that we can be. Where somebody says something to us or someone shows us up an opportunity or what we expected didn't happen or snow comes and throws us off or things are going on in our lives where if our skill is not just Doing, but it's also being able to react. We're going to miss it. And so, really, really, the last piece of immersion is the recognition that I don't know what's going to bring my success. I really don't know. I really don't know. Nobody in a million years could have possibly predicted that when you put a kid, on a slave trade in 13 years, he is going to be the leader of the modern world. That's impossible. So is shutting a country down. So is shutting the world down. Nobody could have predicted that this entire world was basically going to be shut down for what looks like a year. You know why? Because we can't predict. We're not good at predicting. Maybe we can watch weather patterns and draw things together and get snow down. Maybe we can like predict like when traffic is going to open up, but two or three steps ahead, it's not our domain. It's not our domain. It's like when the kids sit in the back seat and say, you're going wrong, daddy. I'm thinking, you know, you're four. It's like us turning to God and going, you know, you're going the wrong direction. You know that, right? Like. God, you know, you know this is not the way. This is not the way to go. No, no, not it, it's that way? And God's like, what? <laughs> Did you just show up like forty years ago? Yeah. Okay, thanks. A job, and the optimal amount of our performance comes down to our ability to know where our our domain is. One of the most difficult skills is to be able to go somewhere and go, okay, where am I? Let me make the best of where I am. That's a skill. That's maybe one of the most important skills. It's not just being good at my job. It's also being good at being flexible and resilient to the circumstances that are placed around me. Not just I'm good at this. Not substance. This is form. It's not that I can do this well or I'm really empathetic, more, I'm saying. What it means to be immersive, what it means to immerse oneself is to be able to be resilient, to be able to be flexible, to be able to drop the misconception that I can predict my future. And I know what's good for me. And I know this is not good. The ability for us to take a break from predicting and just take it out of the boundaries of our lives, out of the borders and say, I'm going to make every moment the happiest, most empowered moment that I have. I don't know what life will be like in 10 years. No idea. But I got a moment. And this is going to be the best moment of my life. That's, that's next level stuff. I'm not there. I'm not even close. But I know we got to get there. I know we can get there. That's the secret of Joseph's success. You show up in the house of Potiphar, you become the best toilet cleaner in the world with a smile. You get stuck in jail, you become the best jailsman in the world with a smile. You just become the best wherever you are and watch how God throws stuff at you that you can't even dream of. Let's just be the best at wherever we are and stop worrying about where we're going sometimes. Yes, there are times to think and plan. Optimal performance is when a person says, I want to be the best wherever I am. I don't know how I'm getting there. I just want to be the best where I am. I'll get where I got to go. See that. I see this with workers all the time. Employees got employees that walk in. They're already worrying about how they, how they could becoming the CEO Got employees walking in and they're just going to kill their day. Rock. Awesome. They always rise the quickest. The kids that when mom and dad go, let's go to the store. The kids that go, let's do it are always the best. They always do the best. And what, we, what we're up against now is a world of trying to think like we're in control of it. But if we learned one thing from the past year, is that our job in this world really is to be the best we can be wherever we are. Right now. Next five minutes. Next hour. And when we let go of being God and we let go of trying to predict next we free our minds to be able to be the best that we can be and God takes us where we're supposed to go all right we're going to continue next week we're off on Sunday I may be on the road I'm not sure so Sunday, we, uh, we'll be off, but I'm going to try wherever I am to continue going from Monday. So assume that we're on on Monday and like regular, wherever I am, we continue. Um, and off on Sunday, and I may be here. I'm not sure. But Sunday, we're off. And then we continue with the next phase of this. We move out of immersion, move into the next phase on, uh, on Monday with God's help. So have a great weekend, everybody. Shabbat shalom. Good Shabbos. And with God's help, I can't wait to see you again next week.